This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. Sandy Humphrey here. Gravelly voice Brendan Schaefer is here as well. Hello, sir. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Glad hey. to be here. Gravelly voice Brendan uh, here. And uh, producer Chris off today. He'll be back tomorrow. But, My gosh, uh, does he ever work? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, Sorry. okay, okay. It, yeah, I know you didn't mean to say that, Brendan. Uh, we will have an abbreviated show today. Mizzou women's basketball comes on at 445. Tigers looking for the first conference win in a while. Uh, they're at the Florida Gators for their next chance to uh, try and break that losing streak. So we'll get you to Brad Trinago and Kathy Wieson at around 445. But we do have things to discuss. And particularly with the Kansas City Chiefs, a very interesting signing that they uh, just made today, reported by, uh, well, it's it's official now uh, from the uh, Chiefs' uh, official account on, on Twitter. So we're going to talk about it uh, in just a few minutes. We'll also talk uh, more about the College Football Playoff Management Committee and what they're discussing with the fact that they don't think 12 teams are enough and, and whether it's fair to have auto multiple auto bids for conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten. So we're going to get into uh, all of that here in the 45 minutes that we have with you here on this show. You can join us, and, and now is the time to join us at 875-KTGR. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. Well, the, the news that came down in the last couple of hours, it was first reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN, and the Chiefs just made it official on their account, the Chiefs have signed former Bills punter Matt Areza, who, uh, if you might recall, a few years ago was released from the Bills when he was named in a lawsuit by a, uh, a former San Diego State uh, student. Uh, Reza was a San Diego State punter back in the day. Uh, he was named in a lawsuit uh, from a alleged victim who was alleging uh, gang rape uh, against Areza and several other former San Diego State uh, football players. Now, Areza was dropped from the suit, and he was cleared of any wrongdoing, but has not been with an NFL team since he was dropped from the Bills a couple of years ago. The Chiefs today announcing his signing to become the team's uh, punter, we assume, and Tommy Townsend being a free agent, and that's the Big Show's big deal on this 22nd day of February 2024. 875-KTGR if you want to, give us a call or a text. So, uh, a very... uh, interesting uh brendan that's probably the best word to describe this sort of thing uh signing by the chiefs by bringing in matt areza essentially becoming uh one of the well really the first team to actually sign him to a contract since he was dropped he had worked out with a i think a team or two since that time but uh i i gotta say it's it's you have to kind of dig into what 
transpired uh, in the legal proceedings uh, with Matt Areza, with how his name eventually ended up being cleared. But, um, look, interesting to say the least, Brendan. I just wonder your take on it with how it all played out. Yeah, I mean, this was something that we kind of forget about, I think, a little bit, Andy, because Areza, like, he was drafted. The Bills spent a draft pick on this guy, which you don't often see for a punter. And then, you know, his whole world comes crashing down when he is implicated in this lawsuit. And due diligence is absolutely what needs to happen in a case like this. But I think we can say specifically to Matt Areza's case, he didn't do anything wrong in this instance based on the extensive, extensive investigations that have gone on since that time. But, I mean, when you're a punter, Andy, like, reality is if this guy had been a quarterback with the same level of acumen and pedigree at that position, I don't know if he gets cut so easily like he was from the Buffalo Bills, but there's always been that quotient for teams, and it doesn't really matter what sport you're in. What law did you break and how severe of a situation is it compared to, like, what's your role? Because Deshaun Watson's a quarterback who was alleged to have done some pretty heinous things. Yeah. And then as it all concludes, he gets a massive contract. So I think it's, I don't think it's wrong to say that, like, look, Matt Areza was a punter, a really, really good one by all accounts, but he was a punter. And so the Bills said, juice isn't worth the squeeze on, on letting this process play out. However, now that it has played out and he has been, you know, never was implicated of wrongdoing, didn't, you know, offer a cash settlement to anybody that, that would imply he maybe felt guilty or, or felt like he may have done something wrong. None of those things happened. And, and so this seems on the surface to be a guy that uh, maybe got caught up in a situation where uh, it was unfair what happened to him. And now the Chiefs are saying, look, we feel comfortable with everything that's come out and come to light about the situation. We're going to sign this guy as a punter. It doesn't necessarily mean he's the guy for next year, but Based on the skill that we knew this guy to have at San Diego State, Andy, I think he probably will be the Chiefs punter with Tommy Townsend heading to free agency, as you mentioned. So it's a v- interesting for sure, noteworthy, no doubt. But I also feel like this is maybe going to be a really savvy signing by the Chiefs based on all the information that's come out about his case. Yeah, I mean, and again, if you're curious about this guy and you hadn't heard his name before, Matt Areza, and again, he was – there were, by the way, no criminal charges filed in this case at all. This was all a civil lawsuit brought by uh, the alleged victim. But uh, it was then dropped. Yeah, and, dropped and it's been dropped, or, or he his name has been dropped from the case. I don't know if it's still ongoing uh, with with other people. I believe the other players. I believe. Well, I don't know if it's even players, Andy, but there are other individuals that you know it, it stemmed from a party. Yeah. and the, the the word of 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 Dan Wetzel, who wrote extensively about this for Yahoo, is that you know when. If and when an alleged incident took place, um, the the punter was Matt Areza was not even present at this event, and it's right. uh, a, a serious thing that we want to make sure that we give the due respect to Andy because there are allegations uh, of some heinous things that took place. But if this individual was not at the the residence, not at this party when it all took place, um, man, it may may just be that he got caught up in in some things that uh, his name got caught there, but he really wasn't involved in. Right, and again, it's a you, you try to line up everybody's stories at the very beginning of it. it. Sometimes it doesn't line up, and then several people who maybe weren't in involved in it get wrapped up into it. Uh, so uh, once they ironed out, once the prosecutor sat down with the uh, the person uh, alleging this uh, this wrongdoing, 
they ultimately decided that, hey, Matareza, it seemed that he was out of the picture by this time. So, again, that's what we know for sure. And Matareza, since then, has been trying to get back into the NFL since that time, since he was dropped by the Bills. I believe uh, he had worked out with the Jets for a little bit. They ultimately didn't sign him. But now it looks like the Chiefs are going to pull the trigger and give him a chance. And here's the thing, Brendan, like we were talking about it, like, you don't spend draft picks on punters, but the Bills thought that was worth it, and I think I agree with them because he won the job as a rookie, uh, I believe in 2021, in in the preseason when he booted an 82-yard punt into <laughs> the end zone in the preseason. And, yeah, like, yeah, okay, fine, you're the punter. You can do it. You're a rookie, whatever. Like, you're, you're our guy. So, I mean, it, but, again, once you – once you realize that there's any sniff of wrongdoing when it comes to a punter, they're they're expendable. You could go and find another punter most of the time, so you usually don't want to let that drag out uh, and and hurt your team's image uh, as it's going. So uh, I don't really blame the Bills for doing what they did, but I it's tough. Yeah, yeah, but yeah for for the the fact that the Chiefs are the ones that very well have now the potential to benefit from. Uh, a Reza being available in this way uh, is now going to be very interesting. And and again, I don't. He's really just signed to the the preseason ninety man roster. By the way, Tyree Gillespie was also signed by the Chiefs today, former Mizzou safety. Uh, it was in that exact same release with uh, them announcing the signing of Matt Reza. They announced that they uh, signed the former uh, Mizzou safety Tyree Gillespie. So. Uh, yet another uh, Mizzou-made guy on the Chiefs roster for now. Uh, they'll get his chance, most likely. But, uh, again, uh, it it can be kind of hard to wrestle with because there are folks out there that say, like, oh, you're you're wrapped up in anything like this. I don't care what your role may or may not have been. I don't want you. But uh, the Chiefs, I think, with the kind of organization that they are, I don't think they would just sign this guy without doing extensive background on what this all uh, on how this all played out and why yeah. they're saying that Matt Areza had his name clear and everything like that. I am going to give that organization of all organizations, the benefit of the doubt on that. You know, and I agree with you. It, it's tricky, right? You said basically with the implication of a punter and wrongdoing in the same sentence, it's hard to really blame the bills for the way that they went about it. Uh, and we want to be careful with these things, Andy, because there are serious allegations that take place. And when those incidents are, are deemed to have resulted in wrongdoing by somebody and, and there's a victim in that, that's a really serious thing that we want to make sure we give yes. proper gravity to. And so when you're in a climate where, look, uh, that, that's these are the types of things that we do hear about in the news uh, often enough these days and organizations involved in them. Uh, it's a tricky situation to be in. But I think when we just can isolate it to a specific instance where you go through 16 months of investigation and not even a civil suit is going to hold up when it comes to this individual, Uh, you know, he was a member of the 2022 draft class, picked in the sixth round. And, you know, I I think when we we look at everything that's taken place, it seems pretty clear that his name got mixed up in something that he just wasn't involved in. Uh, if I'm recalling it correctly, he was maybe present at the party where later on there were some allegations, but this was something that he had left the premises by the time. That's something that even the, the prosecutor in recorded conversations was was 
basically explaining to uh, the, the alleged victim of this incident. So that's kind of the situation. And then we can move on to talk about it from a football perspective, Andy. His nickname was the Punt God in college. I mean, I yeah. think the Chiefs maybe got a really good one here. And look, the Chiefs are not going to just mess around with their special teams either. They're not just going to sign anybody. I mean, they take pride in how good they have made that unit of their team. I mean, with Harrison Butker and with uh, all the way down to the guys that block uh, the gunners, right? Like, it it is an extensive operation that Dave Tobe oversees, uh, and it, it gives the Chiefs an edge. It gave the Chiefs an edge in the Super Bowl. It gave the Chiefs an edge late in the regular season when they were making uh, their their final push. It gave the Chiefs an edge in the playoffs when they were on the road trying to scrape their way back to another Super Bowl and eventually got there. Like It, it matters for them. And to, to get a guy like this, if, if, again, everything works out the way that you foresee, and Matareza can can go back to that point of where he was at in his college career and at the very start of his NFL career with the Bills, it it has a chance to be a coup, uh, yeah. Brendan, right? Like, it, And nothing against Tommy Townsend, by the way. If they had signed Tommy Townsend, I would have been just happy with that too because he's a great punter as well. He, uh, you know, all pro or, or pro bowl type of uh, talent in Tommy Townsend. It may be coming down to whether or not they could – they were probably going to have to pay Tommy Townsend a little more money to to keep him around, and so maybe they go this route instead. But, uh, again, I, I think either way, the Chiefs know that they want to have a, a strong special teams unit. It matters to them, and uh, having this option, if it works out in the end and he ends up being uh, on the final roster when we're hitting the 2024 season, then right. I've got some uh, – I'm feeling just fine about that position. Yeah, and you know what? Let's not just jump jump on this on top of it and, and assume that this is going to be the case. Could I foresee a scenario, Andy, where the Chiefs say, hey, Tommy Townsend, we're really happy with his performance. He is a free agent. At the end of the day, this is a business. We'd like him back, but also we're going to kind of demonstrate that we've maybe got a little bit of leverage in negotiations, and perhaps the Chiefs would look to bring him back, but they say, look, if it doesn't pan out, we can fall back on giving this kid an opportunity um, maybe that's a scenario as well, Andy. I'm not going to say that cut and dry, this is exactly the route the Chiefs are going to go when it comes to that final roster in September. Um, but certainly I think it's a savvy move given that there's a lot of information that's come out about the, the case surrounding this player and that it seems he's been not only like cleared of wrongdoing, but there you mentioned it. There wasn't really even a a criminal case that ever uh, came to light. It was all a civil case that he's since been uh, dropped from by name. So all those things considered, I think it's a a savvy move that, you know what, sometimes these types of moves don't even end up in in having an impact. Maybe they do re-sign a different player for the position, but this just gives them a little bit of leverage in those negotiations. Um, It is a business at the end of the day. But I also think the upside of a a guy that was drafted with a six-round pick by an organization like Buffalo, which I do consider to be a pretty savvy organization in its own right, I, I think the Chiefs might have a really good player. I have no idea how much he's been keeping up with his, you know, his football uh, workout regimen, but I have to imagine that it's been on the horizon for him for a while. He's said, look, it's a matter of when, not if, my NFL career will resume. That's been his stance because he's always maintained his innocence. So this may be that opportunity for him. And if the Chiefs have a dude that can kick a football 80 yards, I 
probably not a bad thing, you know? No. So I, I think it's an interesting signing. It's very interesting. Give us your thoughts on it. 875-KTGR. Caleb texting in. Tommy Townsend had a down year in a contract year and statistically was a replacement-level punter. Keep in mind, Townsend only had 59 punts. However, there are punters with fewer punts and more total yards. Townsend's contract in 2023 was $2.6 million. A raise's Bills contract was going to pay him 970000 a year. Great way to save money and save on re-signing Chris Jones. I mean, it, whatever else you can uh, say, I don't know if that money was going to make the difference. But, hey, I mean, you, you can, again, wherever you can save money to try and keep uh, the most guys around is is probably going to be the best. And, and, and again, I don't know the exact numbers of what, Oreza's going to end up making if he ends up being on the team and and uh, and what Townsend would have made as a free agent, I'm sure a little bit more than what he was making now. But, uh, but yeah, if it's going to save your bottom line a little bit and it gives you a little more wiggle room when you're negotiating with Legereus Sneed and you're negotiating with Chris Jones and you're trying to see uh, where you can try and find some uh, some edges – doesn't hurt, right? Because you're getting. Right. We think you're going to get the same amount of production. You have. You don't have a huge drop off in skill level there. We don't think so, right? We haven't seen Matareza in no. actual NFL regular right. season games, but he had a reputation to where, like, if this guy five years from now we're talking about him as the best punter in the NFL, I'm not predicting it necessarily, but it wouldn't shock me based on the reputation he had in college. He was also a specialist that uh, would handle kickoff duties, and I believe. I think it was his sophomore season, had 28 or 41 touchbacks. I'd have to look and see if, as a junior, he was involved in that role as well or not. But I think he's certainly a talented guy. As far as Tommy Townsend, though, I don't want to pin it as like, oh, he had a down year because of net yardage. Sometimes there are other factors for punters that go into that, like where is he kicking from? To me, Andy, he, he was a really good punter and was good in the playoffs as well. Like in some of those games where the Chiefs weren't, getting it going offensively early, you could make the case that Tommy Townsend, even from spots on the field that you shouldn't be able to gain an advantage, he was flipping the field. Like, I feel like in the Super Bowl for that first half, he really came up and, and was consistent with the yardage he was gaining on those punts. So I'm not just going to automatically assume that the, the younger player, who's only a few years younger, by the way, Townsend's 27. I'm not just going to assume for sure that a raise is going to be better, but I also think he might have more upside just with what we know about the, the, the booming nature of his leg. Yeah, we'll see if the Chiefs end up capitalizing on that and it ends up working out for them. But give us your thoughts on the Matt Areza signing by the Chiefs today. Again, it, he was cleared of of all wrongdoing from uh, the, the lawsuit that wrapped him into it, and it was a civil suit uh, stemming from an alleged uh, sexual assault back when he was at San Diego State. Uh, he was cut from the bills because of uh, him being accused of that, but has uh, been cleared of wrongdoing since then. Now signed by the Chiefs for his first chance at an NFL gig since that time. Give us your thoughts on 875-KTGR. Andy, I can't believe it, but I think we just talked about a punter for 20 minutes. We I did. Mean, that's, that's really we did tough it. to do. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. It's not, it's not that we were reaching here. I mean, there's plenty to talk about. I mean, like, look, man. I mean, it's relevant. <laughs> Put that on our resume. We talked 20 minutes not about to, a punter. <laughs> not to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but I feel like we. we was, Cardinals camp, a little bit. was Cardinals camp really that boring today, Brendan? Is that what it was? No, Is that it? Not at all. Yvonne Herrera hit a home run off of Sonny Gray. I mean, oh things my. are happening, but. But shoot, man, that was irrelevant. I saw that signing come across the wire, and I said, 
we're probably going to have to talk about this today because it's uh, it's definitely a name that you may have recalled from about a year and a half ago, but now he's going to get a, ch- a chance with the Chiefs of all teams. How about it? I mean, and again, in a time where uh, we're starved enough for football to where we're talking about the punter getting signed, uh, hey, it, it's a it's a year round sport as we know. But hey, give us your thoughts on it eight seven five KTGR. We will talk uh, some more uh, about college football playoff expansion. We'll say goodbye to Brendan though as he uh, continues to enjoy sunny Florida. We're not that jealous. It's very nice here in mid Missouri. So I don't. I, we're not really missing uh, your scenery at this point, Brendan. I'm just saying. I I told you the weather would be nice while I was gone. Just be ready for like that that uh, later on in that first week of March. I'm going to bring the cold back with me. I, I kind of have a feeling. I am not looking forward to that. Uh, so uh, all right, Brendan, you can uh, you can go enjoy it uh, once again. Thanks for uh, for doing your best to to continue your obligations to the show and, and despite any kind of obstacles that come your way, my friend. Thanks, buddy. And by the way, producer Chris, I'm, I'm officially calling it milk carton status. So if he wants to show up for work uh, more, than, more than once a week, I would welcome Whoa! it. Under the bus. <laughs> I can't even. I don't know what the feud is between you two, but. Wow. Talk for now. Uh, yeah, that's Brendan. Uh, he'll he'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry. Uh, again, abbreviated show today. We're getting you to Mizzou women's basketball coverage at 445. But before then, before we uh, get you to that, we'll discuss some more about this uh, this chief signing. And they talked more about expanding the college football playoff before it even expands to 12. They want to go beyond that. Should it mean more auto bids for conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten? We'll talk about that next year on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Well, the Chiefs uh, making a signing today. and The only way that they could uh, sign a punter and have it be top of the show news is, is kind of how it, it transpired today. It can only be one uh, one person, uh, and it's Matt Areza. Now, again, uh, we're, we're talking about him today uh, here on the big show with uh, Andy here. Brendan joined us uh, last segment. He's uh, having to get back to uh, Cardinal Spring training things down in Florida. We're taking you up until 445. Our Mizzou women's basketball coverage will come on. Brad Trinago and Kathy Wieson standing by for that. But again, Matt Areza signed by uh, the Chiefs today. And again, he was cleared uh, of all wrongdoing stemming from the lawsuit that he was included in from a couple of years ago where uh, he was alleged to have been playing a role in uh, sexual assault back back at uh, San Diego State. Several other uh, individuals were uh, accused in that, several other San Diego State football players. But uh, it appears that with all of the investigations that have played out with what the prosecutors determined when talking with the victim, when talking with witnesses, they determined that Reza didn't seem to really be involved in all this. In fact, he was out of the building by the time that this uh, alleged event happened. And again, we're not trying to downplay the event or anything like that. It's If it did happen, it's incredibly uh, horrible, and we condemn it, of course. Uh, but it, it sure seems that with uh, the Chiefs and with their situation, with wanting to make sure that they do their due diligence that Matt Areza was not at all involved in this. He, of course, has maintained his innocence the entire time. He also uh, did not have to... Uh, there, there were no criminal charges filed against anyone in the case. 
Areza did not uh, admit wrongdoing. He didn't have to pay any money because of it. He didn't have to, uh, you know, sign anything. And uh, usually you see NDAs with this sort of stuff or settlements. There was nothing involved in that. Uh, All he did was just uh, essentially he dropped the defamation lawsuit against the the alleged victim in the case. When he countersued, he dropped that, uh, and that's and that's all it was. So it seems that he was just trying to clear his name, and it seems that that has happened uh, here to this point, and so the Chiefs are deciding to give him another chance in the NFL after he was cut by the Bills. And if it works out for the Chiefs, like if Matt Areza goes back to being the punter that he was as a rookie for the Bills, Chiefs got themselves a pretty darn good punter, and it's going to cost a lot less, it would seem, than Tommy Townsend would have cost. So uh, we'll be uh, watching the situation there and try to get you uh, more info on, on on what that could look like for Matt Areza as, again, he signed to the team, but they signed a whole lot of guys in the offseason to give him a chance uh, to work out with the team. They eventually start cutting players. They also signed uh, the former Mizzou safety, Tyree Gillespie, today, along with Reza. So Chiefs assigned, uh, announcing both of those uh, signings today. But give us your thoughts on it at 875-KTGR here on the Big Show at uh, 430. College football playoff expansion, it is coming. It's going to be 12 teams for the next couple of years. That we know for sure. But yesterday, everyone who has the power with managing this playoff bracket and what it looks like going forward, they want more. Or at least there are a few p- people on that committee that want more than just 12 teams. They tossed around a 14-team format the other day, reportedly, according to Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports. And uh, with what he's describing in his article, they met for nine hours in Dallas the other day to explore new playoff models, including granting multiple automatic qualifiers to the four-power conferences in a 14-team format, an expected move in the SEC and Big Ten's push to have more access. Of course, no final decision was made on a format, uh, but they discussed a range of options between the 10 FBS commissioners and, of course, Notre Dame's athletic director because with how popular they are and how prestigious they are, they get a seat at the table in this sort of thing. 14 teams. We haven't seen 12 yet. Why are we going to 14? Why are we even talking about going to 14 before we get to 12? We haven't even gotten there yet. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing, people? Why do we have to? We don't even know. These teams that are moving into these power conferences and jumping ship from the Pac-12, they haven't even joined the conference yet, technically. I mean, we haven't seen them in their... uh, in their football schedules yet, we haven't seen how the divisionless conferences will look for both the SEC and the Big Ten. I assume the Big Ten's going divisionless. I'm pretty sure. SEC definitely is. We haven't even seen how any of that's going to work out yet. And we're still, <laughs> we got to talk about 14. Uh, what's next after 12? Where do we go? Come on, people. See a play out first. Get some data on this. I know college sports is rapidly changing. I know the landscape is not going to be the same even two, three years from now. And it seems that maybe the the biggest thing that they have to, the biggest deadline that they're up against to make sure that they know what the playoff looks like for the next few years or so is the TV contract. And again, ESPN wrapped up in it. Uh, college football playoff trying to negotiate a new deal. 
and uh, it expires after the 2025 playoffs. So, again, we know for sure that this season, 2024, next season in 2025, we're looking at the 12-team format, the 5-plus-7, as they uh, called it, five automatic qualifiers with the five highest-ranked conference champions. And then beyond that, gosh, who knows now? I mean, with how they're talking about it at this point, you might as well assume, well, they're going to get what they want. The SEC and the Big Ten are probably going to get what they want, if we're being completely honest. But give us your thoughts at 875-KTGR. I mean, they're, I would have to think that they're clearly the ones that are trying to push this because they know they've got the most beef in what could be included in this playoff bracket going forward. Even without the automatic qualifiers, we'll probably see two, maybe three teams from both of those conferences at the very least, if not four. SEC could very well have four. Big Ten probably two. I mean, it it was a little more top-heavy last year. We'll have to see how those uh, programs try to stay at the top. But, I mean, this is... We're talking about uh, these two conferences trying to get a stranglehold on as much control as possible of this process. And they they threw out the idea of, hey, maybe our conferences need like four automatic qualifiers. The Big Ten, uh, Yahoo Sports previously reported, according again to Ross Dellinger's uh, article about this yesterday, the Big Ten was expected to seek as many as four automatic qualifiers for its league and presumably the SEC. So if you got both of those teams getting, uh, both of those conferences, I should say, getting four teams automatically in, my goodness, what what's left for everybody else? I understand that those two other conferences, the Big 12, the ACC, top to bottom, they don't really hold a candle to what the SEC and Big 10 have. So I mean, if we're looking at the, the best teams were probably more likely to see them if most of them come from those two conferences. I get it. I, I understand. Any given year, sure. But I want to see them go earn it. I want them to continue to have that consistency of, yeah, we have three or four teams every single year deserving of being in this bracket. Okay, go and prove it. That's that's what I want to see because you just you cannot predict year after year. Oh, the SEC is definitely going to have four teams that are deserving of it. No, you can't. You, again, let's see this model play out first, where you have one per conference, and then those other teams that are fighting for those spots, they can work it out for themselves, and then the cream will rise to the top, and then we'll talk about it. Then we'll talk about whether or not. Those other conferences deserve a larger piece of the pie. I mean, it it feels that way. I know it feels like it. I want to... Those conferences went out and got those power programs to join their league, and, and yes, it obviously gives them a whole lot of power. I want to see it play out on the field. Is that too much to ask? I know it's all about money. I know it's all about power. Oh, it's all about controlling the narrative for the next five, ten years when college sports is going to look completely different. I have no idea what it's going to look like. I know it's not going to look like what it looks like now. 
Know that for a fact. But let's just, let's get some data on this. Some. We don't need a decade's worth like we had with the 14 playoff. We don't need that. But let's get let's get something, some sort of, uh, let's get some sort of data on this, on uh, how we're going to uh, play out with this bracket going forward. But again, uh, the reports from that meeting in Dallas yesterday say that the uh, management committee is uh, discussing even expanding to uh, 14 teams in the CFP. Do you like it? Do you not like it? 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us about it. Here's the thing. I mean, it probably means the SEC and Big Ten, those two champions, they are the only ones that get the buy, right? That's probably it. And I know from Mizzou's purposes, like, hey, more at-large teams, hey, totally fine with him. With, with teams like Mizzou, if they are able to keep up this consistency with Drinkwitz and put together 10-win seasons uh, you know, over the next uh, couple of years. Hey, don't be right in that mix. They'll be just fine with it. Now, it won't be 14 teams then, obviously. It'll just be 12. But Mizzou, obviously, looking at their schedule and what the landscape of the SEC could be, it's very possible that they get in this year. Uh, I can I can set that as a very real goal. They can set that as a very real goal. So, I mean, yes, for teams in Mizzou's position in the SEC, uh, at-large bids certainly more beneficial to them. And, hey, automatic qualifiers for the SEC. If, if you're talking about as many as four, well, that's definitely good for Mizzou, right? Certainly. I'm just saying, like, let's look at how 12 teams plays out first. Let's not jump the gun here. I know there's a deadline with the with the TV uh, contract up, but we got the we got these discussions under the gun before. We we can do it again while seeing how this first year 2024 looks with uh, with the playoff format. But yeah, that's just me. Uh, give us your thoughts at eight seven five KTGR. Hey, we uh, we appreciate you joining us today on what was uh, an abbreviated big show. Uh, We will get you to Mizzou women's basketball coverage in just a second with Brad Trinago and Kathy Wieson standing by. Uh, Tomorrow, we've got much more uh, when it comes to the Chiefs today, and we'll we'll get to more of what uh, Antonio Pierce was saying about Mahomes' rules earlier this week and whether that's really going to work out for a team like the Raiders and their position. Love Antonio Pierce, but uh, come on, buddy. Are you really going to equate it to Jordan rules? We'll see. We'll also uh, have our picks of the week, all college basketball for the rest of uh, the the picks season, so you won't want to miss our picks from Brendan, Chris, and myself. Again, the Zoo Women's Basketball coverage coming up here in just a bit. For Brandon, I'm Andy. We are done for now. We'll see you at 4 tomorrow.